Guys, I want to just uh, tell you a really quick testimony, actually. I missed my moment before, and it's kind of, we just did the giving thing. So I'm going to tell you um, a financial, quick financial testimony. Um, and I'm going to use names and I'm going to use amounts because we're just family, talking family to family, aren't we? Is that okay? We never do this. We never talk about money, but we are. We can. We are. Going to do it. Um, so beautiful Nathan Thurlow. Who knows him? He does the, the silent disco. What a champion of a man. Back in Germany now to continue his ministry, Dave and I were just talking about him. We're like, gee, we love that man. We just, just have this love for him. And, and we're like, we just want to tell him that we love him. So I, I just wrote him a little email just to go, hey, we just love you. And we love you. We love you. We said it in a few different ways and that we love him. And then both of us were just chatting and we both felt the Lord say to give him some money. And we both felt we heard the same amount. We heard $2,000. So we're like, let's give him $2,000. So we, so we just did all that in, on just a few days ago. Anyway, Nathan gets back to us. He goes, that day I was in Germany feeling so alone and I literally cried out to the Lord, Lord, I need someone to talk to me. I'm so alone and with, like, by myself and without family. And he literally had gone through a box of tissues, he'd said that morning. Um, and then he'd got our thing going, we love you, and here's some money. So, And then a day after that, so we just that was the amount, I just told you the amount. This has happened before to us too, by the way. The government writes to me, it's like, dear Lisa, we've re- reunited you with some lost super fund money. Um, it was over $2,000 because God always trades up, doesn't he? <laughs> he doesn't just give you what you what you gave. I'm like, literally, Lord, every time we do this, you do this. Like, we've had, I've had this um, numerous times where the government writes to me to tell me they're giving, like, we've just put this money in your account. So I just go, thanks. <laughs> how funny, how funny. Similar amount, it's just like whoop, whoop. And so I just want to encourage you, when the Lord asks you to do something, you just do it. It's just money. It comes in, it goes out, comes in, goes out. It's almost like frustrating though because you're like, how quick can I do it? Will he, like, come on, Lord, just let me give it. You know, he's like, no, I'll always, I'll always. It's just what he's like. Oh, he's so good. Pray for Nathan. He's going great. He's a beautiful person. But we've got family everywhere and going everywhere. So let's remember when we've got Brookie and uh, Liz going to Cambodia, let's just make sure we keep telling them, we love you, we love you. And also, here's some money. (laughs) Let's support them, hey? Ah, you guys, it's such a pleasure just to be in this room with you. I'm just like, oh, it's so rich in here with these people. So I am talking today about the presence of God and being a people of his presence, which I just feel like everyone is up for anyway. So I should, I almost feel like, yep, I think you're all up for it, but I'm, I'm going to teach on this. All right. Jehovah Shammah, I, that, that's one of the names of God. Uh, it's like God is really here, right? I love that Jehovah Shammah. And I love the presence of God. I love, it's not just a theology that we have, um, it's not just, you know, principles for living. Um, I love that God is here in the mess and the mundane and the everything in between of our lives. He's just here, here, here. He's really here. He's present. Um, and I love it so much because we're in a world of absent fathers and absent mothers and absent family and absent, we didn't get what we needed, but he is present. Isn't that so good? So I just love his present. Um, one of the greatest things about this this whole deal, this Christianity, is that we get to do it together. 
I just want you to look to the person next to you. What's that thing, um, Olaf in Frozen? What does he say? Hello, family. Has anyone seen that? All right, whatever. If you've got little girls, you're like, yeah, I've seen that movie about 15,000 times. But anyway, turn to the person next to you and just say, hello, family. You can do it in that voice if you want to. Hello, family. (laughs) Good, excellent. (laughs) Great, excellent. I heard some really good ones from the men particularly. Um, Okay, so for me, the reality of God's presence... So in me individually and and in us as a group, as a community, but for me individually, I had heard all my life that God was God and that he was real and I believed it, but it was the game changer was when I encountered his presence. Who's who's got that story? Hmm. Once I experienced the presence of God, I wanted more. And I was like really thrilled to discover there's no end to God. It's like, oh my goodness, I can do this for the rest of my life and I'm not going to reach the end of him. Aren't you glad for God's presence? Yes. Aren't you glad it's not just about a book or a theology? Aren't you glad that you've got the Holy Spirit living in you? Isn't that amazing? Um, I love, I've mentioned this before, Melissa Helser, she talks about um, the Holy Spirit given to us is the crescendo of the cross. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to ask and answer some questions about what is God's presence. And I'm just going to do this. I don't want you to get lost in the big words and stuff, but it's to remind us of who God is and to remind us of who we are. Okay, this is what the Bible tells us about the presence of God, that he's both manifestly present, and that's where we can see him in a particular way. So like when he moves or heals someone or you can see something with your eyes, and he's also omnipresent, which is everywhere at once. Just let your brain get stretched a little bit for for a while. Um, It's the God is everywhere and God is here. So we talk about God's presence being inescapable and that he's everywhere present. Psalm 139, do you all know that bit? Where can I go to flee from your presence? I can go up, I can go down, I can go, I just can't get away because he's everywhere, isn't he? Uh, theologically, God is described also as imminent and transcendent. Who knows these kind of out there words? Transcendent is that God exists outside of time and space. And imminent is that he's present in time and space. They sound like they contradict, but they don't because he's God. The imminence of God refers to God's relationship to the world, that he actively operates within it. He sustains it and he's continually present. That's omnipresent. So Hebrews 1.3 says that God through Jesus Christ is sustaining all things by his powerful word. It's like the whole universe just hangs in space because the word of God keeps it there. Imminence is that balancing concept to God's transcendence. So God is a completely different kind or substance from us. He's not created, is he? He's not a created being. He's completely other. I just want you to think of all this because get, get this thing, which you all know. You and I are made in his image. Does that not like make you go, what? How can I be made in the image of a transcendent, imminent, omnipresent God? I don't know. It blows my mind. I'm going to read just a different, um, a few different accounts from the Bible. Or maybe someone who feels like reading. Anybody? 
Oh, Jonathan, did you put your hand up? You have got a really good, um, loud voice, actually. <laughs> um, do you want, have you got a Bible? Exodus, a paper one, even, oh, it's the real kind. Okay, Exodus 13, 21. Anyone else want to do a verse? Got Katrina and Danny. Excellent. Trains, can you look up 1 Kings 19, 11? Jonathan, got it? Go, Jonathan. You should be on radio, man. <laughs> Thank you. Pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. That was awesome. Trines, how are you going? 1 Kings 19 verse 11, if you've got it. Beautiful. Um, Danny, can you do Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost came? Okay, cool. Thank you. These are God's manifest presence when we can see it. Um, I picked these verses on purpose for a reason. Who's picked the similarities? Yeah, fire. What else? Wind. Fire and wind. Okay. In Acts 2, when the presence of God rushed in with a powerful wind and appeared as fire above the apostles' head, it would have ignited all sorts of imagery familiar to ancient readers. Their imaginations were filled with repeated patterns of wind and fire used throughout the Hebrew scriptures. They would have recognised those patterns as the manifest presence of God. So this is a quick aside. When you read the Bible, look for the clues, okay? Like, look... Look for the images and the patterns because you will find gold doing that. You'll be like, oh, um, if, if you're this kind of person, I'm going to give you homework. Wells, okay? Wells in the Bible. Start reading what a well is, who meets at wells, what happens at wells, what a well symbolises, and you'll have a really fun time doing that. That's just holiday homework right there. Okay, back, back on. Next question, why do we ask for God's presence to come when we already have him living in us? So this whole thing is about being a people of God's presence. We all have him in us. Why would we keep asking for more? Okay, Ephesians 5.18, a lot of you will know this. So, you know, don't be drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to talk super quickly about the be filled. Okay, in, with Greek, the Greek, with the Greek grammar... 
Okay, filled is a causative verb in the active voice. The present tense indicates that this filling is not a singular event, but rather a continuous replenishment. It literally means go on being filled. All right? Part of being a people of his presence is understanding we need him all the time. I need him all the time. I need him every minute of every day. I always need to get filled up with more of his presence. I need it for me, I need it for my family, and then I need it for that really thirsty world that's out there. I need living water all the time. So when we describe ourselves as a people of his presence, we're describing an individual thirst for more infilling of the Holy Spirit, as well as a corporate thirst, which I felt it this morning. When we're in worship, we're pretty thirsty and hungry. And I love it, you guys. It's so much fun. I'm like, I'm like yeah, we're this little church, but we're a really loud voice. And I feel like heaven looks at us and like, wow, they're just belting it out. Like, and it's not just our volume. It's just what's in here that we're just, we're hungry. Do you know what I mean? I never feel small when I'm with you guys. Um, so, and the reason we do this, the reason we're hungry and thirsty is that we want to be filled with overflowing, to overflowing with this living water, don't we? There's a really dry, thirsty world out there. And we just want to be obedient to anything he's showing us to do. So it's not selfish to want more of God. It's actually our obligation to be filled with him as much as we can possibly carry. That's a good experiment to try it out out in your life how much can I possibly carry of God because there's no end like there's no cap I just wonder like what would actually happen like would your body just just explode one day because you're like I've reached capacity and my I can't I don't know I don't know we've got the whole of our lives to find out don't we So his presence is given to us individually. He makes his home in us and corporately to dwell amongst us and we want to be known as a people of his presence. In the Old Testament, the presence of God travelled with his people in a box or a tent or a temple, but now he makes his home in us, both individually and as a community. It's amazing. And being a people of his presence, we just want it central to everything, don't we? Everything that we do. So the most common Hebrew term for presence is panim, which is just translated face. So what does it imply? A close encounter with the Lord, doesn't it? Face to face. We want to be a people who seek his face. Liam said this really well a couple of weeks ago. Um, That looks like seeking him without an agenda. And the way I think about that seeking his face is face first, not his hand. His hand is what does things and gives things, which is great. He's a really good dad and he tells us, ask and I want to give it to you. That's he's the character of God. But I'm like, how beautiful when we just come to his face just to go, I just love you, love you and love you. And all my lists of what I want, I just put it down for now because it's you and me. Our love relationship, that's kind of what it is. And in that place, we want to just be able to put down all of our good suggestions. We've got great suggestions for God of how he should move and what he should be doing. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Um, so it's really good. If we can be a people of presence, we're just trusting that he knows more than us. His heart is bigger for the people than us. We can just put it all down and go, I just want to go where you're going. I want to hear what you're saying. And, and wherever you're leading, I want to go there. Listen to your voice. Such a fragrant offering if we can learn to do that. So this is a posture and it's less about, Lord, bless what I'm doing. And it's, what are you doing, Lord, and can I join in? 
right? So it's understanding we get to co-work with God. To be honest, this feels like what maturing as a Christian feels like as well where we become his friends. It's like in John when he says, I don't call you a servant, I call you a friend. And we become a co-worker with him. This is central to who we are, that this church, this is how we're seeking to be a people of his presence. And I'm just going to outline, like I, I think more than half of us grew up in church, so you'll be really familiar with what I'm about to talk about, is things that us churches get stuck on that are P words and they're not presents, but I'm just going to outline them so you know what we are not going to be uh, centred on, all right? Programs. We need programs. We need them, don't we? We need kids things and we need young adults and youth and alpha and feeding the poor and we need all those things so much. They're necessary and healthy, but and their functionality and their um, ways that the kingdom comes, but they're not the thing we're centred on. And if we need to, we'll put them down and drop them. Just saying straight up, if, if the Lord showed us to not do this or that, we wouldn't. Yeah? The next P word, personality or popularity centred. We, we're not going to be on popular topics or popular personalities or popular people with great gifts, even all those things. We love all those things and, and all of that stuff is great, but we just want his presence more than that. Yeah, and we want to always make room for the inbreaking of his presence, his spirit. Performance. <laughs> this is funny because we're so like, um, I'm just looking up bare feet, messy carpet. But anyway, <laughs> we're not very polished. <laughs> um, so we value excellence, I should say. We value excellence, right? Because it's a way of royalty, isn't it? We're royalty, yeah? But we don't want to become a people of performance. There's a bit of a fine line here. Uh, there's always spectators or an audience at a performance and we don't want that. We just want family and we want all in. We want you. We just want who you are. Just be you. Just bring you. Can you do that? Bring yourself. Um, God loves it when we bring our authentic, honest self. He loves to meet us with, um, when we come to him like that. And so sometimes we're going to make space for his presence, for the Holy Spirit, and it will be awkward or messy. I think of it like families with little children. It's just going to be awkward sometimes or it's going to look messy sometimes. We just want to value the move of the Spirit more than we value a polished service. Okay, So while we value excellence, we don't confuse it with perfection or performance. We're going to make room for him. We won't be rushing out of those spaces. We won't always get it right, but we just want to ask that you trust the leaders in this and understand what we're pursuing. Is that okay? We value his presence above a polished performance. If you read revival history, who's read some of those great books on revivals? Oh, they're wild. It's quite funny because it's like in really old language sometimes you're trying to work out what's actually happening and then you're like, wow, that would have been actually so messy and awkward. So I was reading a bit about John Wesley um, who lived in the early 1700s, rode his horse 250,000 miles all over the UK just to spread the gospel. This dude, dude on his horse, I know. And then, um, so you read this super old-fashioned language about him preaching and then often it would be a wave of repentance. So people would start to wail. Like, and I was like, wailing's got to be difficult. No microphone. 
talking to thousands, of th- like he's speaking, and then people are wailing. And I was like, that would have been difficult <laughs> and quite messy and pretty offensive, can I say. So all those things, I'm like, that's really quite funny if you try and imagine what that looked like. And I just think if we want to be a people of his presence and a people who a revival generation, we have to be ready for some mess in all sorts of ways. Yep. Revival, reformation, we just got to be ready for mess, 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 mess. <laughs> so while we value program structure, they'll never be the central thing. His presence will be. While we value people and gifts and personalities, these are not central. His presence will be. While we value excellence, we want to do things in an excellent manner, performance is not central, his presence is. Remember that word for presence, panim, means face. It's about face to face with him. I think we're all here because we want encounter with God. I'm looking at you, I'm like, I know you guys, a bunch of you. We want to know him as Jehovah Shammah, the God that is really here. Who has those days in your life where just, I just need to know he is really here because this is a pretty difficult day. I just really need to know that he's really here. Yes, we all do. The beauty of communities like this is I just feel like everyone's on board with this. Um, it's going to stretch us. Like some of this messiness and stuff or it could be offensive or I don't know, it could be tricky, difficult, sort of like uncharted waters, but it's an adventure. Who's up for adventure? Yeah. Some of you really embrace adventure and risk. I'm looking at the Euro big risk taker and I'm married to one too. Some of you are great with risk taking, so that's really good. And the others, can you just be gentle with the others of us like me, who's like, oh, what's going on? Let's just be family in this and encourage and and hold the hand of the nervous looking person next to you when it gets a bit confronting. All right, the last question I want to ask, can I steward God's presence or anointing or grace in my life? I think like anything God gives, you can steward anything that you have. Okay, you can't make God bigger because he's just God and he is completely himself. But you can make room for him in your life. Um, You can grow the amount of God that you carry. Does that make sense? So my sister Kath, who she she lives in London... She had, um, the Lord spoke to her a few years ago and said to her, Kath, you can have as much or, or as little of me as you like, which really kind of made her go, whoa, I can have as much or as little as I like. It's really, it's a thing of our will and he doesn't violate will, our will. So we get, that's a choice. That's a thing. I guess we can steward, we can say, we can just give our yes, can't we? Yes, you can have more of me. So he's really on offer for us to have him like that, fully in us. So the trade was all of him for all of us. Guess who gets the better deal? I talked about transcendent, imminent God. (laughs) And when we give ourselves to him and he gives him to us, does that not blow your mind? We got the better deal, just in case he trades up. It's just what he's like. He wants us filled to overflowing. He wants us as a people ruined for anything else. That means once we get a taste of him, nothing else will do. I'm ruined for anything else now because I got him and then there's just nothing else that's going to measure up. I just really want to, um, I've mentioned my other sister, now I'm going to mention my other sister, Ange, over here. <laughs> um, I'm just going to tell a dream that Ange had a couple of years ago. Um, and in this dream, I guess a little pre-thing to this would, was Angela just had um, a moment in life that was a little bit tricky. Is that a good explanation? 
Good. Very vague. <laughs> Moment in life, very tricky. was feeling a bit not great. Went to bed, had this dream. And in this dream, um, Bill Johnson from Bethel walks up to Ange and starts a conversation. And he comes up. Ange's name is Angela. And it comes from angel and it means messenger of God. So in her dream, Bill comes up and says, I just want to remind you about your name and what it means. And it means you're a mess- it's a messenger of God and starts to tell her about who she is. That's so like an identity thing, isn't it? And they're walking along and they go under a doorway into possibly a church. Okay, over the top of... This is a dream. Over the top of the doorway is a do- huge dog that's asleep, that has its eyes closed, right? And as they go through the doorway, Bill says to Ange, do you know what the problem is in the church these days? And she's like, no, tell me, Bill. (laughs) He says, they don't seek me and they don't wait for me. And as this conversation is happening, the dog opens one eye like, and does this glaring kind of... So it was asleep until that moment. So with that, I just want to say, I just, when Ange told me that, something in me just went, oh my gosh, like it, it grieved me that, that as the church that we don't wait for him and that we don't seek him. Also, Ange and I talked about that dog. It's sort of like sleeping dogs lie, you know, when you let sleeping dogs lie and also a lie, like things that are a lie, they're not truth, it's a lie. We were kind of like, that, that thing that's over the doorway of the church, I guess, was just never poked. It could just stay there until that moment of, hey, they don't wait and they don't seek and suddenly it's like... So it was almost, I mean, we felt like it was a, um, a demonic thing. But I just feel like we want to be a people that wait and that seek. Yeah. And we're not going to kind of let the lie stay that it has to be polished performance or it has to look like this or that or the other okay we're happy for a bit of mess we want it to be authentic um we want you to bring yourself like even with all your mess don't you find i mean a lot of you have experienced this with people where you're like here's me whoopsie it's a huge mess now that you've seen the inside and then you have a person that goes, I just love you. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so healing and incredible, right? Can we do that? Be authentic and honest and real. And then can we also just make space for when he comes in the room, in our corporate gatherings, where we're like, hey, we honour your presence, God. And right now we can feel and tell that you're doing something, so we're going to give you space. We're going to wait or we're going to just seek or we're just going to sit. And it will be a bit awkward and a bit messy at times. Is that okay? It's really what we want to go after. And this thing of being people without, um, without an agenda with the Lord. Like, yes, he's a good dad and you can bring all the lists and he knows already all the stuff. But just can we make time where we just come before him and say, we just love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. We love you. I just want to... Um, and she did a really great teaching on the postures of praise a while ago. Who was here for that? Oh, my gosh, how much fun was that? We've got to do it again. It's like kind of like doing aerobics, but like we had to do – it was interactive, wasn't it? Fair enough to say it was interactive. 
So we're not going to do all the um, the yada and the tauda. We're, we're going to do... I, I want to invite you, actually, if you can do this, if your knees can do this and if you're comfortable to do this. We're going to do um, barak, which is... It is kneeling down. It's face on the ground, kind of kneeling down. And it's um, it means to kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration. I just felt like it was fitting for what we've been talking about. So if we could all do that in a minute, and I'm just going to read quickly Psalm 95, 6, which is where it comes from. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So I just thought it might be really nice to do a a prophetic action, that we'd all do this together. Let's just submit to him. He's our maker. Let's tell him that we love him. Let's tell him our heart's desire is to be a people of his presence. So let's just spend some time doing that this morning. Let's just pour out your adoration. And we might just do this with quiet. If your knees can handle it, get down on the floor. Or stay in your seat. But just tell him that you love him. This is adoration. Adoration. 